This is the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. And here's your host, Jim Ward. Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast, where we are crazy about companies growing and scaling. My name is Jim Ward. I'm CEO of BrainCell. We are a growth enablement company providing technologies and consulting services to help our clients grow and scale. I have with us today a guest and some of my trusty sidekicks. I have today our vice president, who is a dandy vice president, Sarah Reed. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jim. <laughs> hi, Sarah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and our podcast producer extraordinaire, Brian Anderson. How's it going, Jim? Good to have you guys. Okay, you've built it up, Jim. We've got Dandy and we've got <laughs> yes. Extraordinary. And Brent. What By the way, it's Brent to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, And our guest today is somebody I've known a long time, and a long time in the technology world is more than a year. So this is well over a year. Our guest is Clint Orham. Clint, great to have you with us. I've known you for how long now? Easily, easily a decade, decade, right? Yeah, easily a decade. More, probably more than that. In fact, I remember the first time you and I had a real conversation was at uh, Sugar Serum's annual conference called SugarCon, and we sat next to each other on a on the bus ride to whatever our evening event was, and we started chatting. And I, I vividly remember that first meeting because you've got a you've got a style of talking to people, Jim, that really kind of gets into the heart of it and brushes past the business bullshit right out of the gate. No, we don't so, have any filters here. No. We have no swearing clause. Swear we're on the filter here, so okay. I, I, by you, the way, I know well enough. He swears of... like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I was saying, I, I vividly remember our first real in-depth conversation. And, mm-hmm. and we, we left talking business very quickly and talked about life and kids and family and all yep. kinds of great stuff. So well, we've known each other for a while. We have. And it's it's an awesome experience running this journey with you. And hey, Clint, while we're talking about you, why don't you tell us about yourself, what you do at Sugar? Yeah, so I'm one of the co-founders of Sugar Serum. I'm the guy uh, who started the company 17 years ago, still driving the ball forward. You talk about how brain cell is all about growth and focused on growth. That's been my role at Sugar since day one, is to drive growth. And I've done that in so many different ways. I've, I first led our open source community activities. I was one of the very first developers. I'm a developer by training, by college degree. And one of the very first developers of Sugar Serum product. I wrote all of the entire user interface, the whole application front end with my good friend and colleague, Jacob Taylor, who was who wrote the back end. And then from there, I went on and led our community effort. I picked up the family and moved to Dublin, Ireland for two years and started off our European activities. That was a crazy adventure in and of itself. I've been chief technology officer at Sugar Serum. I've been chief marketing officer at Sugar Serum. I'm now chief strategy officer. I jokingly say I'm really just chief janitor officer. I do whatever needs to be done next, right? And I clean up messes. I drive growth. I focus on on the next stage of what Sugar's doing. And I get to get to do a lot of fun things. And as a result, I've become kind of a what I call a non-serial entrepreneur. I always envisioned myself starting multiple companies, but what I've ended up doing is within Sugar, I start the next thing every couple of years. And so I get the opportunity to be an entrepreneur within my own company, but still focus all of my energy on my third kid my baby here called Sugar that I've been working on for so long. And, and behind that, I'm, I'm a family man. 
I've got a wonderful wife, Bridget, my son, Jackson, my son, Julia, spent a lot of time and energy with, with my family and my kids. And, and the way I relax is, is I'm a sci-fi nerd. I'm a total nerd right out of the gates, complete 100% 1980s nerd kid. And we can riff on that all day if we wanted to. But what I love to do is I love to think about where humanity's going next. That's what I love in science fiction is, is where's this thing we call life going and what could it be and how do we unlock it and how do we make it everything we want to be. So that's me. That's my intro. But you know what? I think that interest in science fiction melds beautifully with what you're doing today. Because I don't know about you, I go back, well, you can tell I go back many years. In fact, when I was in college, there were dinosaurs still on campus. Not many. However, science fiction- Did they have feathers though? They were fish. Okay. Anyway, they were in the point. Um, <laughs> and so, but when you go look back and you think about all the shows that you've seen and what reality is happening today, I don't know if, is it, what is it? Art imitates reality or reality imitates art, something like that. So okay. that's what I see. So I think that melds well together, right? And I think the other thing that I've noticed with you and Sugar and our relationship over the years is that it's a differentiator and nobody gets to see this, but there's a real person here that I enjoy having a relationship with who does the same things and thinks about the same things I do. We, we talk about we sell outcomes. That's what we look for is an outcome. And that's the same thing that I have found you and I constantly talking about is how do we bring not only the technology, but the outcome to the client, right? That impacts them. It's fun to talk about tech. It's fun to play with tech. Absolutely. But, but what's the purpose? Where is it going? What are you doing with it? Uh, how does it impact the business? How does it move the ball forward? Those, those, are, those are the real discussions in there. And that's where I like to spend my time. So as a chief technology officer who became a chief marketing officer, who became a chief strategy officer, you kind of think about technology, marketing, strategy. That's where I spend my time thinking about what do we do with this and how do we make it into that flywheel? that just propels not just our company forward, but propels everybody's company forward. And that's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm most excited about the newest technology you have. And before we get to asking you another question, I just, I'm so excited about the transporter that you guys have put together where we're just people like now being transported than anything else. Yeah. Uh, just like, <laughs> is that, that's not it. We're not doing that. Yeah. That's coming next. That, that's coming. the next year release where you click your little, your little button and you say, beam me up, Scotty. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So we'll hold okay. it until next year. Next version. Beam me up, Elon. Is that the way we should be saying it these days? Yeah. Self-driving CRM. So, hey, uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. write that one hey, down. Self-driving CRM. You know what? There's a, there's a good marketing campaign yeah. right there. And you know what? I get credit for it now because we've documented it. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, right. tell me a little bit about what you, when I say the words growth and they learn, this is something that we came upon that really helped us shift our thinking. Right. Rather than selling software, we wanted to think about how do we enable people for growth? Tell me what does growth enablement mean to you? Okay. So let's look at it from two different directions. Okay. So at the very beginning, every company is thinking about how to grow revenue and reduce costs. Simple as that. Every company is always thinking about that. And those, I don't really call those outcomes. Those are strategies to an outcome, if you will. And the outcome in the end is kind of comes back to that age old saying, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? And so putting the energy and the focus on growth is ultimately how every company will not just succeed, but will thrive, will live on to fight another day. And as you kind of think through that concept, 
when I first started my career in the CRM space, I was really just kind of amazed by this thing called customer relationship management. I, I was doing implementations. I was on a professional services team. I was I was a project manager. You know this world. This is your business, right? And I was I was implementing the very first web-based CRM product from a company called Octane Software back in 1999. And it was called CRM. And what did I know about CRM? I, I knew how to spell it, and that was about it, right? Won and that so spelling bee? I won that spelling bee contest. And I was amazed that the technology back then really didn't seem to have anything to do with about relationships. It was about tracking data and helping managers manage employees. And where's this whole relationship thing with your customers? We can talk about that more later. But that idea sat in the back of my mind for the last 20 years. It was, it was part of what I was thinking about when I started Sugar. And so I'll, I'll take it back to the question of what does growth mean? Being focused on your customers, knowing who your customers are, knowing who the ideal customer is that you want to go after. You can't be all things to all people. If you try and be all things to all people, you'll be nothing to nobody, right? And so if you really have a clear focus on who you're going after and how you're delivering them value, that's how you unlock growth in my mind. And that mindset is where you need to start. And then from there, there's all kinds of good things that you could do, such as aligning every one of your employees around the customer, right? Getting every employee in the company thinking about growth, every everybody in the company thinking about delivering value to customers. You know, you can kind of work your way down through all of that. But to me, at the core of growth is know your customer and know what you're delivering to your customer. And then just do that really damn well, right? So that's my thought. No, I think that's great. And it creates a segue for us too. But I, just to comment on that, that's, I think for us, moving to this growth enablement concept, it allows our group to row in the same direction. We're constantly thinking about how do we make our clients be better by doing business with us? And if our clients do well, guess who's going to do well? We'll do well. That's a, it's a very simple concept. But, you know, you, you as you were talking about growth, you made me think about some of the things we've been or things that you're talking about at Sugar, the concept of HDCX, mm -hmm. which stands for high, high definition, definition, right? You no, you got to say it with the right, the right emphasis. Oh, I'm sorry. High definition. <laughs> high definition. Uh, I'm just making it up. Go ahead. So let's just, hey, can we ask Sarah to try it? Yeah, I there Sarah. High definition. No. All right. I'm kind of sorry there. I asked now, <laughs> but you know, it, it lifted us maybe a half inch. I used to be a cheerleader too. Damn it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, <laughs> how many years ago? Anyways, let's move along. Oh goodness. Um, hey man, you got, you got to be careful throwing stones in that glass house. Yes, I Thanks, know. Glenn. Oh, you're so Thanks, right. <laughs> yeah. And thank Brent. And Brent. It's Brian. Also known as Silent Bob. <laughs> you you got to put a little color around that. I yes. just met Brian yesterday and I somehow got fixated on calling him Brent. And the guy's the nicest guy in the world and he never corrected <laughs> me once. And then I was looking in my email for an email from Brent. I'm like, Where, where's, where's this email from Brent? And then, oh, because it's Brian. And then I got super embarrassed and turned bright red. <laughs> and then he put his new gaming headset on. And he has the best mic in the room. Jeez. Yeah. Blown us out. So tell me about High-definition CX. High-definition CX. A couple thoughts in there. So how do you bring high-definition to your customer experience? What does that mean in the end? And it really starts with knowing your customer. Coming back to that idea I threw out a couple minutes ago. And bringing together 
everything about you know your uh, everything that you know about your customer into one place where you can actually take action on it and leverage that. And when I talk about know your customer, I'm talking about depth of detail. I'm talking about the nitty gritty. I'm talking about every web click, every download, every form fill, every email communication, every chat message, every proposal, every opportunity, every customer support issue. I'm talking about when they logged into your application, if you're in the software space, how they use your product, if in the manufacturing space, bringing together every single detail at that depth of detail that HD brings, and then turning that into action. What do you do next? Because this is what you want your CRM system to be for you, your CX system, as we, as we refer to it today, because it's, you know, CRM is dead, long live CX. How do you turn your CX system into a solution that tells you what to do next, that tells you something you didn't already know about your customer, that guides you through your day? To me, that's what all software should be, frankly. I want a personal assistant, simple as that. Right? I want my personal assistant to, to help me really know what to say next and when to a customer. Right information, right time. That's what HDCX is about, is that depth of detail. You know, Clint, I was always, I remember being in school and they always said there was no stupid questions. And then I would ask the question. It was obvious the teacher thought it was a stupid question, but I'm going to try here anyways. Just let's make sure. Cut CX definition. So customer experience, what is the customer experience? So if you go out and you do some Google searches on it, we'll, we'll talk about how customer experience is the summation of all of those touch points that you have with a company and what's your feeling that comes out of it, right? How do you feel about the company that you're doing business with? And it may be as simple as I don't really have much of a feeling, right? They're fine. They deliver. They do what I want. You, sometimes you might be annoyed because you're on hold on the phone or you're trying to log into the support portal and you can't get through for whatever reason. It might be a great experience because you're having a conversation with somebody where you really connect with that person on the other end and you think, yeah, this person really understands what I'm trying to solve. But it's the summation of all of those touch points that build up into an experience. And ultimately, you're, you're feeling about that experience. So that's what we talk about customer experience and CRM technology, customer relationship management technology, marketing automation technology, customer service technology. Those are the enabling technologies that build towards that customer experience. We started the conversation with how long ago we go back together. And of course, I go back further when CRM wasn't even called CRM and now it's CX and it was contact management. It was Salesforce automation. Today, CX, um, there's been a lot of transformations. And over those years, there's been, I would say, oh, difficulties in people grasping the concept of CX as it's termed today. Yeah, we do put a little bit of the spin on things, right? We kind of buff it up to look good today. In the end, business is, is just two people working together to get something solved, right? You got a person with a problem, your customer, you got a person with a solution, your employee. How do you connect them together? That's called business. Right. And you're looking for technology to help simplify connecting together and working together and tracking what you're working on together. And that's what if you go back thousands of years when, you know, if you go back to ancient Egypt and those marketers in the in the bazaar selling things, they, they had CRM, right? They had customer relationships. Of course they did. And they might have been writing things down on papyrus. I don't know. I'm kind of going with an analogy that I'm going to fall off the cliff on here pretty quickly. <laughs> but we've been using tools to track our customer relationships forever. And it's been mostly pen and paper for so long. And it was really 
back in the late 90s where the idea of using a computer to track who you're working with really started taking shape. And I remember at the front end of my career, I spent more time trying to convince people to put down the pen and paper and pick up the keyboard and mouse. And now we live in a world where nobody's more than two feet away from this thing at all points in time. And now they're thinking about voice and gestures. And today's generation of decision makers can't even imagine running their business without technology to help every aspect. Whereas maybe back in the 1990s, we spent a lot of our time, you and me both, evangelizing the value of leveraging technology to run your business. I think that's probably the the big shift that's happened over the last 20, 25 years. You know, and so with sugars, everything's an evolution, right? So as you've evolved, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. How does sugar pull all this together? All these customer experiences that we talk about, how it's evolved today from the old So think about every step in that journey that a potential customer and ultimately a customer has with your company. When they start thinking about, hey, I got a problem I need to get solved. And then they they go out and they start researching different ways of solving that problem, ultimately leading to thinking about buying something from a vendor and then working with a company to actually to buy it. And that might be a simple thing, like going to Amazon and doing a, a quick search in Amazon and click might be something a bit more complex where you need where you need somebody to walk you through the options and kind of guide you through the purchasing process. And then then you start using the thing that you bought, right? It shows up in the mail. You were talking earlier about your Yeti microphone that you want to get on your desk in front of you. That shows up. You start using it. Maybe you have a question about it. You go to a Google search. You land on, on the Yeti website and you start learning about it. You got a question. You enter in a question in the, in the chat window. You're still not quite getting the answers you're looking for. And so you call up the customer service line and you talk to a person there. And then at the end of that whole journey of you researching and buying, hopefully, at least from the company's perspective, and frankly, I'd argue from your perspective as well, Jim, you become a loyal advocate, right? You love the Yeti. You tell everybody about the Yeti, right? You think this is a freaking awesome microphone, right? And maybe even buy a second or a third because maybe in your case, you're not sure if you actually bought one. So you keep clicking buy. Well, yes. I, think I, bought, <laughs> I was wondering I if that was going to come up. <laughs> of course, I'm going to throw that one in. Right? Yeah. So earlier, Jim was mentioning, I think I bought a Yeti, but I think I might've bought two of them because I'm not sure if I remembered actually buying it or not. So I think I bought it twice, but and I'm still but waiting for it. Still don't have any. So when that second one shows up, what are you going to do with it? You're probably going to, you may return it. And so you got to go through the whole return process. Yeah, no, but, right? but Sarah's getting it. Okay. So you have I want to legitimize her. So the point in all of that though, is, is you're doing business with a company. Right, You're doing business with a company, and it might be that you're doing it through the Amazon marketplace to start off with, but in the end, you become a Yeti customer. And Yeti, what does Yeti want? Yeti absolutely wants you to buy. Sure, they want the transaction. They want the money. But more importantly, they want you to become that loyal advocate. They want you to tell everybody how awesome Yeti is because the voice The power of your voice is so much more impactful than any marketing campaign that they would do. So think about everything I just described. By the way, yeah, well, it's it it is your voice, (laughs) the dulcet tones, right? But think of all those pieces coming together. You got to manage that as a company. You got to orchestrate that. You got to turn it from concept into program into activity. You got to assign people to different jobs along the way. You got to build all that together. And you need software to orchestrate that. You need software to unlock the power of your individuals to create that exceptional, effortless customer experience. And that's what we do. 
that whole process, all of those pieces I talked about, we orchestrate all of that. We help you place those social media posts or those place those those buys on Google to get your marketing message out. We help track you on customers on the website. When it comes to connecting a prospect to one of your employees and your sales team, we do all that. We track all of the pipeline along the way. We help sales reps make sure that they're staying focused on the right deals at the right time. You take that into the world of customer service. We're helping connect that phone call that's coming in or that email that's coming in or that chat that's coming in to one of your customer service reps. We're helping them manage their day in terms of tracking notes. All those pieces come in together, right? And in the background, we enable the managers to pull out the insights that they need to guide the ship, right? But our primary focus is not helping managers manage employees. Our primary focus is helping your sellers sell and your customer service agents deliver an exceptional customer experience and the, and the marketers to orchestrate all those interactions in there. And then, then you pull that information out in the background from our platform so that the managers can see where the ship's going, right? And guide it all. That's what we do. Did I pass the kindergarten <laughs> well, explanation um, test? Or did I, I should have probably too, said two-year-old. Techie in there. I should have said two-year-old. But anyways, no, I think you did. But I'm just making, I had a, thumb, had a crazy thought. Brian, send this to Yeti, this portion, especially because we might get the third <laughs> microphone. We're done for free. free. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be three or four at this point. I don't know how many I've ordered. But that, that brings me to the platform, right? Uh, high definition, but the platform, Sugar is one of the few platforms out there that covers selling, marketing, and support. That's part of the platform, right? So you've got all of that, and it's a common data platform so that you can do predictive data from whatever angle people are coming in from a functional area. And then you have all these new things, you're buying companies, and it seems to me like you're almost vertically integrating tech stacks into your product. And in some ways, well, maybe I'll just ask you, what do you got new going on right now? Is that true? Is it, do I have yeah. it right? Yeah, you absolutely got the picture right in there. So what's happened, broad strokes, again, putting that, that sci-fi nerd hat on that I have that CTO hat, if you will, from yesterday. Headset. Headset. There you go. My CTO headset. <laughs> Technology's just gotten easier, right? The pulling together all these pieces and turning on applications for your employees and your customers alike and tracking all this data, that, that, that was hard 20 years ago. It was hard 10 years ago. We've made it so much easier with things like cloud and mobile and social and predictive analytics and all these great technologies. It's just made it so much simpler. And so now we as business leaders can focus more on the outcomes right? The growth outcomes, as opposed to wiring together all this technology in the background. And that's the big shift that's happened. And so as we ourselves as a company have been helping make that equation easier, we saw that our customers were asking for us to to stitch together all the different departments, the marketing department, the sales department, the customer service department. They, you know, they were asking for us to give that whole picture because really, if you think about it, that exceptional customer experience, Jim, that customer experience that stands out in people's mind, that happens in the margins and the margins between the marketing department and the sales department, the sales department and the service department. Because anytime you've probably ever worked with a company, isn't it really weird that the first person you talk to 
you get to know them, you tell them all your information. Second person seems to have no concept whatsoever of any of that. And third person doesn't even know that you've ever even talked to the company ever before. Those silos, those super frustrating. That's the beginning of a bad customer experience. And so in there, it's, it's that handoff from department to department. It's that view of the whole story, the whole history, where you've been and where you're going. That really builds an exceptional customer experience because that's the part that's falling down over and over and over around the world is in the margins right. between the departments. I think in particular mid-market, right? And I think this is mid-market's opportunity to utilize a technology like the Sugar Platform to really expel, uh, uh, ex, uh, ex, exceed, uh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Any one of those the experts. We'll just, take anyone. Yeah, just, explode, uh, exceed, thanks, Sarah. And underscore excel. that with a laugh. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, <laughs> be able to excel. Um, what the hell was I saying now? I'm on the left. Mid-market companies, Mid-market companies <laughs> unlocking their potential. Yes, unlocking their potential that even enterprise companies sometimes don't do well and that they can set sort of the lead on this, right? And provide a great customer experience because we all know, and it's an old adage, that it costs, what, seven times more to get a new customer that rather than keep one. So I think this is extremely important. But it also leads us to, you've got stuff you're working on that helps get new customers too, right? And I think you've got something going on with a predictive engine, isn't that right? I actually want to go back for a moment, if you don't mind, and then we'll talk about predictive, but you kind of open the topic of mid-market companies. And I love working with mid-market companies because these are the companies that, what, what it, first off, what is a mid-market company? There's a variety of different ways to slice it and dice it. I think of it as, as companies kind of anywhere in that $50 million a year in revenue up to a billion dollars in revenue, or companies that are smaller that are working hard and working fast to get there quickly. Right, that are that are really on the trajectory to become that fifty, hundred, two hundred million dollar company, and I love working with these companies because they've reached a point where they recognize that they've built a machine. Right, this thing's got some momentum. This thing's kind of big. I kind of organize all these moving parts. They got some complexity in their business, and and they need to simplify that complexity, and they're ready to really focus on it and put energy into it. I love working with companies that really want to solve those CX problems and get beyond efficiency and saving costs. And they really want to focus on delivering that exceptional customer experience. Now, there's a whole discussion of what defines an exceptional customer experience. I'll put one word in there, effortless, effortless. We can come back to that later if you want to. But mid-market companies, they're really the backbone of our economy, in my mind. They're the ones that are employing hundreds of thousands of people. They're the ones that are still small enough to take risks, but big enough to have a big impact. So I'm just, a, I, I love mid-market companies. It's my favorite place to spend time because you, you can really, sometimes in those large, large companies, you get stuck in fiefdoms and silos. And there's really, the marketing department doesn't talk to the sales department, doesn't talk to the customer service department. But in a mid-market company, they're still small enough where they can knock away all those silos but big enough where they can put time and energy and focus into solving the problem. So that, that's kind of my shout out to everybody that's working for a mid-market company. And then you asked something else, which I completely forgot. Oh, well, I was, I, I, we were talking about <laughs> keeping a customer. Then we were going to the predictive aspects of finding new logos, which in order to keep a customer and expand customers, you've got to fill the funnel with new customers, right? So tell me a little bit about what you've got going on with Sugar Predict. I find this fascinating. 
Yeah, that's our hot new addition to our product line. We just announced Sugar Predict last month, and we've got our first couple dozen customers up and going and getting all the, the fantastic benefits out of it. So, so before I dive into exactly what Sugar Predict is, let's come back to that idea that I, told, I talked about earlier, which is I want my CX system to tell me something I didn't already know, tell me what to do next, guide me through my day. Right. And if you look at business applications, kind of that first level of value that you get out of a business application is just being able to do the same thing twice consistently. Nice repeatable patterns. I can bring in a new employee, plug them in. They can get the job done. They can, they can just, you know, keep the machine running smoothly. And then that next stage of value that you get out of the technology that you put into place is that you can measure what you've been doing in the past and go, ah, look at that. We did really well there. We didn't do really well there. How can I lift up the whole organization to do better in the future? And that, that's kind of the idea of looking backwards, that rear view mirror. Very important to have a rear view mirror. But what we all want are the headlights. Right? Show me where I'm going. Show me where my customers are going. What's the likelihood of this person who's talking to my sales team about potentially buying something, what's the likelihood of them actually buying, right? What do they look like as a person, as a company? Uh, what are their needs, wants, and desires? How do I match that against all of my other existing customers and predict that this person's actually going to buy something, right? Or even further, when you get into a sales cycle with them and you're having a discussions with them, what's the likelihood that this deal is going to close, when is it going to close? Is it going to, this is, as any business leader can tell you, there, if you're operating on a quarterly system, there's a big difference between closing the last day of the quarter and the first day of the next quarter, right? And there's a lot of attention that goes into when's a deal going to happen. But flipping it back to the customer for a second, as you go through that, those aspects of predicting the motions that are going to happen with a, with a customer, a potential customer. Let's turn about to the value equation for your customer. Are they happy, right? Was that a happy interaction? Was that a neutral interaction? Was that an unhappy interaction, right? And then if you sum up all the interactions with that customer, every phone call, every email, is the general trend that they're unhappy and that they're a high likelihood to churn, to leave you? Or is it that they seem to be really happy and now's the time to go ask them for a reference, right? And pulling all that together, those are the headlights that we're focusing on right there. That's, that's the direction that we're going ahead of us as we think about a customer experience system that guides me through the day. And that's exactly what Sugar Predict does for you, what I just described. We just released the capabilities around lead scoring and around opportunity scoring in terms of the likelihood of a company to become a customer, a person to become a customer. And what we're releasing in a couple of months is the sentiment scoring, which is the happy, sad index that I just talked about there. Those are, those are all the things that we're working on right now. And, and those are just to kind of you know put my own personal view on it. These things that I'm talking about here right now, Jim, I've actually been talking about them for 20 years, right? That technology, the algorithms, if you will, they've been around since like the 60s. But being able to put them into practical execution to make them simple to use, simple to deploy, cost-effective so that they just fit right into your business, 20 years ago, you had to be one of the richest companies in the world to deploy technology like that. And it was frankly, typically pretty brittle, pretty fragile. It fell apart pretty quickly. You needed to have 
a team of people whose entire job was to keep it propped up and going, right? Today, it just works in the background as a software as a service. You don't even need to think about the running of the machinery. It just works. Now you just need to think about the outcomes and how you use that information and how you build your business around it. And that's all the things I talked about that technology gotten easier over the last 20 years. So, so to one degree, this is a little bit of back to the future because in the software industry, we were talking about these very concepts 20, even 30 years ago. But now it's just baked into the applications, part of what's happening. You don't even have to, to think about how it works. You just need to know that it works. So uh, it's, it's what I hear you saying. It's almost a circular reference or what's, I guess, referred to as the flywheel. Right. That information that you're getting about a happy customer that's in the margins also provides information for marketing. Imagine, Sarah, your ability to be able to say, okay, you're redeveloping your ICP based on experiences from existing customer base, based on that data that you're getting. So it's so many data points. And to me, data is everything and utilizing that data. And so you're using AI, I'm guessing, as a part of predict, uh, ML, et cetera. Yeah. I shouldn't use yeah, I shouldn't machine use, learning. Yeah, artificial you're intelligence. You're throwing out the jargon yeah, sorry. right there. Sorry, audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, machine learning, predictive uh, mom, analytics. Mom, artifact. <laughs> the one thing in there, though, is I'll point out that it's real, that, that it absolutely is plugged in. And, and I think we, in our day-to-day lives, we're seeing how artificial intelligence is impacting our lives just in terms of, of what we read in the news. Every news feed that you read today, whether you're getting your news from Facebook or LinkedIn or Flipboard or Instagram, name your favorite news source, those news feeds are being curated by artificial intelligence algorithms in the background to surface up what you're most likely. Now, now there, there's a little bit of a cautionary tale in there, which we don't need to go too far down that path right now. But you need to think about the fact that these are tools and that you need to leverage them and think about the information that you're being in. You know, what if the system tells you this person's never going to buy? Walk away. Walk away now. And then they buy. <laughs> right? And then you go, huh, well, that was wrong. It's a tool, right? And it's giving you a a percentage likelihood. And it's saying there's an 82% chance that this person won't buy. And then they do buy, right? So so you need to think about all these tools within the context of running your business and that sort of thing. And and my point, I think, in there is, is the world of sentient artificial intelligence, what's known as SAI, Jarvis, right? From Iron Man, right? Think of Jarvis in the background whispering in your ear, Tony, time to call what's her name, Penny Potts or, or his, his girlfriend, soon to be wife, because you forgot her birthday. We're not quite there yet. We got some work ahead of us, right? But the basics of being able to guide you through your day and give you predictive insights about what's likely to happen in front of you is very practical, very real, and very much part of what we're doing. But I'll tell you from a technologist perspective, I'm looking forward to having my own Jarvis or Friday, if you follow the, the MCU. Brian's all in there. He's shaking his head. I can see your eyes. I'm giving all these references. I know. I'm giving these references. I can see Jim's eyes blazing right now. I just, I'm, I, who the hell is Jarvis? Jarvis, Friday, I can't wait for Friday. Where's this conversation going when he's talking about Iron Man and Pots? I have no idea. Yeah, no. Hey, listen, you know, we could talk forever. We're running out of a little bit of time here because I, this lovely audience we have, we want to make sure that they stay tuned. So what's next for sure? What's on the road? Anything happening? We have everything happening all the time. It's an exciting time here at Sugar Syrup. So, so as I said, we just released Sugar Predict. 
right? Which is plugged into our- Who's called Jarvis. Who's, yeah, there you go. We kicked around giving a name. We, we liked Candace, right? Because candy, okay. Candace, sugar, sweet. You oh, see the connection yeah. in there? Right? There you go, yeah. Candace. Yeah. But yeah. Then, then we thought, you know, everybody's naming their AI and, and whatever. We're just going to, let's yeah. stay focused on the customer. And, Good idea. Because and, and that music on hold of Sugar Sugar has been on there for 10 years, by the way. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. Okay. That's a good point. Time to go back and change the music. That's how long we've known each other. <laughs> but what's coming next? So immediately next in the world of artificial intelligence and predictive analytics, we're doing the, the sentiment scoring, right? It's actually technically not predictive analytics. It's technically natural language processing. But anyways, the point being, of scoring the the sentiment, the mood, if you will, of the conversations with the customers. That's coming right, right ahead of us as well. We're doing all kinds of things around expanding upon our customer service product line. So we just launched what's called Sugar Live a few months ago, back in the fall of last year. And Sugar Live is being able to track all those phone calls and and email interactions inside and have it all be a console right in front of you. You click a button and you automatically pick up the phone call. You're in Sugar. You never leave Sugar and you're talking to a customer. And so we're doing all this great expansion on top of of our Sugar Serve product. And that's where the the sentiment analysis is coming next, right? So we're, we're introducing it there. Later this year, we're looking at how we take a lot of this technology that we've introduced into our customer service product around Sugar Live, Sugar Predict, and things like that. And we put it into our sales product, right? Because here's a big thing that, that's really been happening in the customer experience industry over the last several years. All of those techniques of really managing conversations on the customer service side of things, let's take all those techniques and those tools and put it onto the sales side as well. And for those in the know, that's called sales acceleration Sales acceleration tools are all based upon the, the lessons learned in the customer service industry and putting it into the sales industry so that you can have those same high quality conversations, highly valuable conversations in sales, the way you're having it on the service side of the house. We're putting a lot of energy into that as well. And then inside of our marketing automation platform, we're just putting all this great energy into weaving that underneath the marketing automation platform is an engagement engine, right? orchestrating engagement with your customers. Well, let's let's weave that across every stage of all of the products, of all of the customer's lifecycle, and not just focused entirely on marketing. So you're going to see deeper integrations between Sugar Market and Sugar Sell, Sugar Market and Sugar Serve. And I think probably a key theme that you're hearing through all this is instrumenting every conversation, orchestrating every conversation, whether it's over the voice conversation, an email conversation, chat, SMS, these are all the things that we're thinking about. Orchestrating all these conversations and layering in predictive analytics to help not only better understand what your customer is going to do next, but just as important, align your people so that they're focused on where your customer is going next. And, and that's, that's what we're doing here at Sugar. Full suite customer experience tools, helping mid-market companies grow, and all of that being delivered through high-definition CX, really just giving that depth and precision of detail to every single engagement. So, Clint, this is our techtainment moment that we get into now. It's a little segment we started on, and it's just some questions. And I just wanted to get a sense from you, which we'll learn a little more about you. Dog or cat person? Cat. I love both, but I have cats. 
You have cats, okay. Why? Any reason why? Who? Oh, Jim. Yeah. You got to walk dogs. You got to pay a lot of attention to their poo. Cats, you don't have to worry about their poo. Well, here's a dog that does not poo. And and that's why I have him. But you're right. That's the one reason why I haven't gotten a dog. Because the poo factor. The poo factor. Yeah, right. But then you got hairballs. This is true. Cats puke. I yeah. had to clean it up. It's really mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, and scratchy, <laughs> scratchy. And so let me ask you, what was your last Netflix show that you watched? Last Netflix, boy. Please I, I don't can, tell I me never, it was a Marvel with Jarvis. Somebody I called never, Jarvis in there. I can never remember what's on Amazon Hulu versus Netflix. Or Prime. Yeah, yeah, I get so confused. Last movie, been, period. Okay, we're into Chuck right now. Do you remember Chuck from about 10 years ago? Great TV show. So my wife and I are binge watching Chuck. We're into Chuck. that. We're having Chuck. It's absolutely hilarious. And okay. it's 10 years old. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it's it down. 10 years too. old. So, it's, so there's yeah. plenty of seasons to plug into. But we're enjoying I know the Chuck. rifle man was Chuck, right? He had, his name was Chuck. That's all I know about Chuck. Anybody remember the rifle man for crying out loud? Oh my God. I think I was nothing but a glimmer in my dad's eye at that point in time. Oh Lord. I'm going to stop making those references. And my last question, or if we're really for you, this is going to tell us really a lot about you is where are you on the free Britney movement? Absolutely free Britney. I don't understand. There's clearly a story behind as to why it played out the way it is, but free Britney. 100%. I say the same thing. Yeah. Free Britney. We should do this right now. Free, Free Britney. You guys Free are making Britney. my dreams come true, even talking about Britney in the context of technology. <laughs> it's like all wrapped into all my interests come together. Uh, one of my favorite tech. Britney Spears story is she walked up to Ed O'Neill at an airport and Ed O'Neill from Modern Family. He doesn't really like to cross the fourth wall, if you will, out in life. He doesn't really like to spend a bunch of time, cameras and uh, autographs. This woman walked up to him in the LA airport, said, I love what you're doing. He's like, yeah, okay, great. She says, hey, can I take a selfie with you? Yeah, sure, whatever. And he's kind of sitting there being a bit of a grumpy old man. It was Britney Spears. And she posted it out to her like 100 million followers. And everybody's like, what the hell? Ed O'Neill doesn't know who Britney Spears is? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I haven't heard that one. All right. Well, thanks for being a participant in our first ever Techtainment moment. Well, we've been super excited about Sugar for a long time, and we spent time doing integrations that add to the tech stack. As you may, you were on a webinar recently with AirCall. We created the uh, AirCall integration, which is a really cool VoIP phone system with lots of stuff that really enhances the experience. We've done it with Outreach and SalesLoft and uh, more recently Drift which are all tech stack sort of products. It's frosting on top of the cake. But I think if there's one thing I want to tell our audience before we go today is don't be brand blinded, be outcome minded. Ooh, right? I like that one. Oh, and did I, you just thank you. <laughs> I honestly did. That's did two that today. I was just right? going to oh, say man. that's two. Two, two today. So I can't remember what the two. other one was. Oh, self-driving. Well, we got a recording. Yeah. Self-driving CRM and yeah. don't yeah, be yeah. brand-minded, be outcome-minded. I really want the audience to really think about that because I think that people, go, you've got to think about outcomes. And what we've talked to Clint Orm today, and thank you, Clint, for being with us, who's a true visionary and is bringing these concepts to life with a company that's providing what I believe in, which is outcomes. So I want to thank you for joining us today, Clint, and being a part of our podcast. And I want to thank our extraordinary Sarah Reed, who's our uh, vice president of marketing. 
<laughs> providing the laughter, poking fun at me. That's awesome. And our extraordinary podcast producer, not Brent, but Brian Anderson. Also, thanks to Davinio. Davinio is a distribution and podcast production company. Thank you for all your work. And music is by Sam Ward. So, hey, thanks, folks, for being a part of this today. Clint, you and I could go on forever. Shortly, we're going to have that beer together that we haven't been able to have. So we're going to see each other in person. It's coming real fast. Thanks. Had a great time being here. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye.